Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. First of all, thank you for listening to the first of many podcasts for the first ever episode of Say As It Is with Pete. As it says, I am your host, Pete. So here we go. Uh, This episode is about um, career advice and guidance. And why, you ask? Well, apart from the launch of my podcast series, also today um, is the first day of two special events across the UK. One is National Careers Week and two is Scottish Apprenticeship Week. Hang on. Did I just say Apprenticeship Week? But have we not just had Apprenticeship Week in February? Right? Are we going back in a time loop? No. And yes, this is the time of the year that we celebrate Scottish Apprenticeship Week. Now, As always, Scottish Apprenticeship Week falls a month after National Apprenticeship Week 2023. So does National Careers Week. So along with National Careers Week and Scottish Apprenticeship Week, it's double the fun. But also, let's not forget that this Wednesday, the 8th of March, we also celebrate um, International Women's Day. So make sure that you celebrate that and celebrate all things to do with National International Women's Day. And remember, there are some fantastic leaders out there. And I've learned a lot uh, from a lot of inspirational female leaders. Um, so let's get back to our topic, which is about career advice and guidance. So due to these two um, big long week events that start from today and go until uh, the 10th for Scottish Apprenticeship Week and the 11th for National Careers Week, um, I wanted to have a frank and honest conversation about career advice and guidance. As I remember, when I was growing up, um, this was the most valuable thing ever. And it set me up for life. And I loved having that career advice and guidance. But first, what is National Careers Week? Some of you may or may know what it is. So let me give you a little bit of a, a background check on this one. So National Careers Week um, is one week celebration of careers, um, guidance and free resources that's provided to um, in education across the UK. So the aim is to provide a focus for career guidance along with some activities um, at an important stage of the academic calendar to help support young people develop awareness and excitement, and I hence excitement, about their future career pathways. So National Careers Week is um, a dedicated week every year, um, allowing schools, colleges, universities, alternative provision settings and organisations to work towards providing this key in uh, guidance uh, or career advice and guidance to young people. But does the responsibility only sit with the National Career Service? I don't think it does. Now, when I was growing up, all those years back, and it's quite a few years, I remember having a careers advisor, and it was a guy called Mr. Limbrick, who was also my gym teacher and a great guy. His office used to be at the end of the maths corridor, 
And that's where he sat, always in a polo shirt and shell suit bottoms and trainers. I can, I can never forget him. A bit miserable sometimes, but a really good guy. Um, now, we would get general careers advice from him, um, as long as tips on writing CVs, planning for interviews, along with his help when it came to planning and going on to work experience. Something that I don't hear a lot about now is work experience. And I and I think that's a dying thing as well. And it shouldn't be. And we'll come on to that in a minute. But now speaking from, you know, some of my own personal experience and speaking to others recently, and you may say I'm wrong, but I find that career advice and guidance is lacking nowadays and career advisors are no longer around. Where are they? You know, I've been speaking to some apprentices. I've been speaking to some uh, recent students and finding out that that career advice and guidance is a little bit lacking. The only real time they find out about it or get it is during National Careers Week. And that's kind of a shame. So, you know, for me, I feel that this is this is key, that career advice and guidance, and is needed back in schools. But sometimes it's hard to do that because of funding. So, you know, if the funding is not available, for a school to provide that additional service, then guess what, people? It's down to employers. You know, look, as employers, we need to step up and provide this, along with bringing back that good work experience. You know, because I think where it's lacking that guidance, you know, we are all experts in our own fields, no matter what sector you work in. But I also feel that, you know, we've been there. We've worn the T-shirt. We've run the gauntlet. So we've got all that great wealth of knowledge and advice we can give people to set them up into some future careers and make sure they're following the right pathways and getting that key information they need. So a little bit about work experience. Now, I remember when I did my work experience, I did it with British Airways and I loved it. I am a bit of a um, aviation plane geek and I'm happy to say that. I know I don't go plane spotting um, although I have done sometimes, but only to watch the planes take off and land. But I'm not a geek. I am a geek, but I'm not a, you know, write down the serial number of every aircraft. That's not me. I just enjoy them. So I did my own British Airways um, and it gave me some amazing skills and helped me for when I chose my career pathway. But also I remember during the last couple of years of school, there used to be some massive career events that I used to go to at Twickenham Rugby Ground where all these different employers used to be and they used to showcase all their careers and give advice and guidance on, you know, what they're looking for on CVs, what they expect from people, if there was any specific qualifications you needed, but how to get to work with them. And I think that is lacking. Yes, we have all these amazing career fairs, where you can go and meet employers and they tell you a little bit about their company. And, you know, I think those career fairs now, especially like the London Job Show, um, has turned out to be just a massive recruitment drive for employers. Um, and employers go just to fill their vacancies. But sometimes I think it's good for employers just to showcase their brand, showcase what it's like working for them. It's all about people. So, you know, when we're looking at career fairs or job fairs, we need to, to, to split the difference. Career fairs are more about what careers do you have? How do you get into that role? What do I need to do as a young person to work towards, you know, that dream job that I want with your company? And a job fair 
is recruiting for those roles. You want people in those roles now. So I think we have to distinguish the two differences there. But I would love to see more career fairs um, providing that advice and guidance. And I'm sorry, guys, it comes from us as employers. We've got as much social responsibility in that just as schools do. So, you know, think about it. Yeah. You know, that's what we need to think about now is how do we showcase our careers within our industry, within our sectors to those that are going to be hopefully filling those future roles we need filling. Now, when I finished school, I finished at 16 and I went um, straight to work. I didn't go to college um, as I was not very academic. And, you know, I'm proud to say um, that although I never was sure on where my career was going to take me or what my career was going to look like, um, I ended up um, kind of falling into further education and L&D. Um, and here I am all these years later as a head of department for L&D with a large employer um, overseeing training across um, the UK and supporting and developing over 3,000 employees, as well as embedding an amazing strengths culture, which there'll be future episodes on to find out more. Um, and I'm also proud of where I have come and what I've achieved. And I've never regretted any of the jobs I've done. I've learned from all those different jobs and different experiences. And, you know, I think when somebody leaves school, if they go into, into the working world and they're not sure about their career, you know, I think people should try different roles. And, um, you know, there, there are many different ways to do it, um, but you can do kind of flexible working or work for organizations that are looking for temp staff, for pubs, events, you know, warehousing, all sorts. And there are companies out there um that when you're working with them you can gain the experience and it's kind of like flexi working or you know you know uh, you know one day i might be a bartender next day i might work at an event um you know checking tickets or you know another event i might be in a warehouse and that you're kind of gaining that experience but it's never wrong for someone to not know where they their kind of career fits and sometimes you fall into your careers a bit like i did Never thought I'd get into education um, and FE and look where I am today. So never regret, no regrets. Yeah. So a little secret about uh, me that some of the people, some people do know and some people don't know, but the cat's now out the bag. <laughs> but um, I have uh, slight dyslexia. Um, but I want to make it clear. My dyslexia has never held me back whatsoever. And I've been lucky enough to do all my apprenticeships and the old MVQs that were around with no issues. I even am currently doing my level five ODM. And once that's finished, I'm going to be going on to my HR level five, um, you know, business, uh, you know, partner or my L and D practitioner level, level five or level seven, if I wanted to, but um, I will be going on to, you know, even further and higher education, but my dyslexia has never held me back. One thing about being dyslexic is um, people with dyslexia are very, creative and that's why i love the job i do because i can be so creative and there are many things out there to support people with dyslexia and there will be a podcast that i will do shortly on supporting people in work with dyslexia and if you're listening to this and you want to get involved with either an employer uh you know um, employability organization or if you are a training provider and want to join that you know that uh, says it's conversation on dyslexia in the workplace then reach out to me but 
yeah, dyslexia shouldn't hold anybody back. And it has never held me back. I can tell you that one. So this now brings me on to, you know, about, you know, the students and young people. So, you know, for students and young people, we're going to make sure that there's not a barrier to them learning if they do have a learning disability, whether it's kind of, you know, with dyslexia or things. So don't make that a barrier. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say on this one. Um, and if you're at a careers fair and somebody tells you, oh, I've got dyslexia, I might struggle, embrace it. You know, make them feel valid and, you know, valued and say, that's not a problem. There's things that we can do to support. There's software out there like Grammarly. You know, I love Grammarly because Grammarly is fantastic. You know, all sorts of things. So don't let there be barriers, okay? Now, I know that schools are keen to um, keep students in sixth form and then send them on to college and into uni. But um, we also have to understand that some people may not want to do this uh, and follow that academic route. So uh, as schools and parents and potential career advisors out there, I believe it's key that we let young people know that there is also a pathway that leads them down the apprenticeship route. And trust me, there are some amazing apprenticeships out there. Um, you know, they're a lot more better than what they used to be. And there are some amazing opportunities for them to grow and learn so much on an apprenticeship in, in many different sectors and job roles. Um, you know, so along with making sure that, you know, as well as they're learning, within the work environment, they're also gaining some amazing skills for life and some real exposure to the working world. Now, just to note that an apprenticeship is just as good and even better in my eyes than going to college. Now, I'm not, I want to make it clear, although I work in FE, um, I just want to make it very clear, I'm not against colleges or unis, okay? Um, so let's make that clear. I'm not against them. I just find that some people find it more better for them to go into work and learn rather than going down a full academic route and sitting in a college or a university to learn for two, three, four, maybe five years their career. And actually, they prefer to just get on hands on and do it. And as I say, I'm not against colleges or unis. Okay. But I think sometimes we have to let people know that there is that route there. So, you know, and some of you, you know, may disagree with me on that one, but, you know, say as it is. But I think it's also key to let those students know that if, they, if they're not really academic and they really don't get the grades they wanted for their GCSEs in math and English, I think, you know, as employers, if you didn't know that with an apprenticeship, you know, you can still do your math and English but it's known as functional skills. So it's equivalent to GCSEs and it comes out in levels one and two. So, you know, if, if somebody didn't get the right grades that they wanted in maths and English because they struggled with the exams or, you know, they didn't really get the learning, then that's not a big deal. They get a second chance. And I and this is where I think with schools and, you know, especially with schools, they try and say, oh, you, you didn't do well in your GCSE. So let's take you to sixth form. Let's do your A-levels. Let's do your GCSEs again. You know, stay until you go to college, you know. But I, I think for those people that struggle academically, and there are people out there that do, um, then it's saying to them, you know, if, if you don't want to stay in sixth form, you don't want to go to college, you don't want to go to uni, you have an apprenticeship. But I know 
and again, people probably say or disagree with this, but I know when it comes to funding, the longer you keep a kid in school or a young person in school, the more funding the schools or colleges get. And it does boil down to funding at the end of the day. But I think kid or, or young people have the option and should know that the option is if you don't want to go down the academic route, you can go straight into work and you can do an apprenticeship and you can get the grades you wanted in maths and English. Okay, so we have to make sure that, you know, they're aware of that. And obviously, there is a big thing around about, you know, people should be learning maths up until, you know, you know, they're in their 20s, um, you know, while they're still at school. And I, I agree, but they should also learn English as well. But a great way to, to, to grow and embed that is in functional skills. And, and as it says on the box, it's functional. It adapts the functional element of maths and English into the working world. And it's more relatable in my eyes. And, and a lot of people do better at functional skills. So, um, you know, I can never understand why people don't tell young people this and then they even force them down the academic route, which is which sometimes not fair. You know, we, that's where we want kids to go. But kids need to be given the option. You know, we, we can't force our views and opinions onto them. They have to make those decisions, but make informed decisions. So we need to make sure that they have access to all the available advice and guidance that they need. So we're all, um, so we are meant to be providing them with that career advice and guidance, right? So now this is where I put a call to arms. I want all employers to start reaching out to local schools to start showcasing the amazing roles, career pathways and apprenticeships they offer um, as there are a lot of hidden talent out there and somebody may see that you're offering an amazing career journey, an amazing apprenticeship, and they actually think, I wasn't sure about staying on a sixth form or going to college, but actually I'm interested in doing that. I really want to have a go at that. You know, I've still got the option of staying in sixth form or college, but actually let me try and give that a go. So showcase it. Get out there. Contact those schools. Do those career fairs. You know, open your doors. Showcase it all. And that's especially what National Careers Week is about. Pledge yourself to showcase how amazing you are as a company, what amazing career journeys there are, what great succession plans you have, and how somebody can come in an entry level and grow to a senior role. So also, I feel that employers need to offer more work experience. And I mentioned this before. So um, again, reach out to those local schools so you can reach those young people and offer them some work experience. Now, work experience can be one or two weeks normally two, but it gives that young person an exposure into a role or department, or you might move them around for a couple of days. They might spend a couple of days in HR, a couple of days in health and safety, a couple of days in finance, you know, because there are some people that want to do finance. There's quite a few people I've come across for work experience that want to do finance. Let's give them an exposure to finance. Let's sit them down with the finance team and payroll and let them have that exposure and see, so they get, get an idea of what it's going to be like when they get out there. So bring back work experience and offer work experience. You know, there's no harm. It's great. And work experience isn't about making tea or coffee and photo, photocopying faxing. Make it really enjoyable. Make it engaging. And I know there are a lot of L&D practitioners out there like myself that will make work experience so engaging that they'll be like, I want to come and work for you. And you never know. That could be some hidden talent that you find. 
But I also feel that employers, we should offer CV and interview advice to students and young people to help them prepare for, you know, the working world, giving them some key employability skills. And this is no cost. It doesn't cost us anything. It just costs us time. Yeah. And does amazing things for our social recruitment and our social values as a company or social values for your company. So if you work in HR, L&D or recruitment, then start the movement for providing more careers, advice and guidance for students and young people. All right. So that's what I'm suggesting. And that's my call to arms. Okay. So I've said a lot on this and I hope this has given you an insight into this topic area and makes some people think a little more about how they can support more with that career advice and guidance, whether it be from an individual stance or whether it be from an organizational stance. As I said, this is say as it is, so I'm just saying as it is, all right? Uh, and these views and opinions are my own. Okay, so I wrap up this episode for this week and in next week's episode, I'm going to explore strengths in careers and talk on how uh, strength as a Strengthscope master, and I've recently become an accredited Strengthscope master, I feel that strengths are key in careers and especially in providing this within education. So keep posting next week for that podcast. But also remember, you can follow and listen in each Monday as I drop a new episode uh, here or via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which you can listen to as well. So until next week, thank you for listening. If you want to get involved, reach out and let me know, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Say As It Is with Pete.